This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. You know, I'm so glad that the people whose stories are captured in the Bible are people just like you and me. Have you ever caught yourself saying, maybe out loud or thinking, if I was God, I would? And what always follows is something different than what's happening, right? Yeah. Because the whole concept that we're talking about is how to stay in sync with God. And I just have a confession to make as a human being that it's a lot easier to talk about being in sync with God than it is to actually be in sync with God. And so if you're here uh, this morning and you're thinking, well, I'm struggling with one of these areas or whatever, well, that means you're 100% normal. And it means that the people whose stories are captured in Scripture well, they're just like you, and they're people who had struggles. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know that Jonah had his own set of struggles. Today, we're going to talk about the title I was given was Disrupted. Doesn't that sound like a fun title? <laughs> Don't you want to be disrupted this morning? Well, here's the amazing thing, okay? God, as, as He works with us, he calls us into these, I call them, he gives us disruptive invitations. But they're always so good for us. I was driving down McDowell the other day and all of a sudden the traffic comes to a halt and people were getting in the left-hand lane. So I thought, oh, somebody must be up here working or something. But there was no signs or anything. And sure enough, I get there and there's a car parked in the lane. It looks perfectly good to me. But there's a 70-something-year-old woman standing in the middle of McDowell. Now, I had a short break that day to go home and have dinner with my wife and to come back and lead a meeting that night. And everything in me wanted to do the pastorly thing. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no, no, no. It's... Pull in the left-hand lane with everybody else and pray for that lady as I go past. And there was a part of me that wanted to do that really badly. But then I got this disruptive invitation from God. Hey, why don't you pull in the parking lot and go help that lady? And on this occasion, I listened. So I pulled in the parking lot. I went out. Sure enough, she was confused. She had been sideswiped by a pickup. That's why the back of her car looked good. But the side of her car was a mess. And the guy driving the pickup took off. And she was standing in the middle of McDowell and just so upset she didn't know what to do. And it was my privilege to walk her through that, to help her get her car around in the parking lot and to tell her that I was a chaplain with the police department and I was going to call the department and I would get a policeman uh, dispatched to come and help her to get her insurance out and contact information. And Now, I would love to tell you there was some magic moment in there 
where God did this supernatural thing and she was far away from God and she became a believer as I helped her. (laughs) She was already a wonderful follower of Jesus. (laughs) So did I waste my time? No, no. Because God did change a life that day and it was mine. Because he gave me the opportunity to drive deeper into the core of my being this posture of kindness and love and care. And I left that day more committed to that journey than I was when I drove down the street. God's invitations in my life, are rarely convenient. That's why the title is Disrupted. Okay? Now let's go back and pick up a little bit of the story of Jonah for those of you who are brand new and don't know this story. The story begins like this. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go up and go to that great city of Nineveh announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Okay? Now, just to deal with the anger of God here and the judgment of God, you have to realize, I love how Pastor Joel put it a couple of weeks ago, they were the Nazis of their day. And they were violent and ruthless, and they regularly practiced genocide on all the nations around them. And God finally said, done. That's not going to happen again. For the protection of the nations around them. And so that's how the story begins. Let's see how Jonah responds. But Jonah got up. God said, get up and go. And he got up. But he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Actually, Nineveh was a journey on land Jonah got in a ship and took a journey across the Mediterranean Sea to get as far away from God as he could. Now, he's thinking, by the way, have you ever not wanted to do the right thing? Shake your head like this. Yes. Maybe earlier this morning. Yes. We all have that thing in us that... You know, the right thing is not always the, doesn't seem to be fun to us. And sometimes it requires sacrifice and struggle and all these things that we're sort of, you know, try to avoid. We we don't like those. And Jonah didn't like what, what God was calling him to do. And the right thing to do was the opposite of what Jonah wanted to do. So Jonah did what you and I do from time to time. We not, might not be as blatant about it. We're a whole lot more skilled at doing what's wrong. Yeah, and we think we cover it better. Well, Jonah just got in a ship and said, I'm getting out of here. Well, a big storm comes up, and long story made short, Jonah gets thrown overboard and he thinks that's the end of the story. He's out in the middle of the ocean. There's no way to get to land. It's a a done deal. I'm sure he's thinking, wow, that was a really stupid choice I made about this time. 
This is not playing out at all how I thought it would play out, but God's not done with Jonah. The Lord arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now let's get a couple of things straight. God did not make Jonah's life miserable so Jonah would wake up. Jonah made his life miserable all by himself. Okay? And that's the way you and I are. Sometimes people think, and sometimes churches even think, that if you, if you run away from God, he's going to dog you, and he's going to make your life miserable, and he's going to make your life filled with shame, and all this stuff to try to get you back where you belong. It's sort of the two-by-four God who will smack you until morale improves. Yeah. That's not God. Jonah made his life miserable. But here's the great thing about God. God instituted what I call Operation Rescue Jonah. He prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. I'm sure when Jonah saw the fish coming, he did not see God in the fish. What do you think? I'm sure he's thinking, oh my goodness, this is the end for me. God's caught up with me. No, God was catching up with him, but in the best way possible. And so the next part of Jonah's life is this. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. I want to say this to all of us. We have all had seasons in our life when God was over here and we chose to be over here. Every single one of us. I would like to tell you that all those seasons in my life were before I became a pastor. And if you believe that, I've got some land I'd like to sell you. (laughs) It's not that way. The staying in sync with God is a day-by-day process. And none of us is perfect or anywhere close to perfect at it. But here's the great thing about God. Some of you... No doubt there was a season in your life and you figured out life is no longer working for me. This is your Jonah in the belly of the whale moment in life where you realize, man, this is not at all how I thought this was going to turn out. And Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And even though God did not make Jonah's life miserable, God met Jonah in his misery. He's that kind of God. He doesn't abandon us in our misery. He meets us there. And maybe that's why you're at church today. Maybe you're here because life's not working for you. That's okay. The same God who met Jonah in the whale whale or the great fish will meet you in your misery. And he will not give you a it's about time message. You know what he will give you? Welcome back. Yeah, I've never stopped loving you. Not even for an instant. So that's where the story ended last week. Let's see where the the story goes. So then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach 
And this is the principle that God wants for you and me. It's this wonderful thing that's wrapped up in the Bible in the word called faith. You see, what it really requires of us to get in sync with God and stay in sync with God is the concept of trust. And I can tell you, it's hard to trust God. I shouldn't say it's hard because it doesn't require skill or, or anything of that nature. The reason why it's hard is because it's not natural. Because oftentimes what God calls you and me to is something that's so unnatural for us as human beings. It's not easy to treat other people like you would want to be treated, is it? Oh, 85% of the time it's easy. It's the other 15% that actually get us, right? That's, that's what's really hard. Yeah, it's this unnatural thing called faith. And this is what Jesus said, and I want you to get it, because if you were to peel all the layers of the onion back, all the periphery of life back, and you were to get all the way down to the very core of what Jesus really wants for you and me and from you and me, here it is. Jesus himself said, the only work God wants from you is that you would believe in or trust the one he has sent. So this concept of being in sync is really the struggle we have to trust Jesus. That part's easy. This is the hard part, always. Yeah, to trust him always. So as we pick up the story today, Faith is trusting enough to take one step. We're going to talk about three steps that we can take today. And so the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. That was Jonah's deja vu moment, right? I think I've heard this before. He had. But you know, there's a wonderful message in there for us. And I don't want, to, I don't want us to miss it. Jonah deliberately ran away from God but it didn't disqualify him from doing what God had called him to do. God didn't say, fine, Jonah, I'll go get somebody else. No, this is Operation Rescue Jonah. Now Jonah's on dry land again. God says, now let's pick up that project you and I were working on. And let's see how Jonah responds this time. And so God gives Jonah this invitation to go on a journey, to, to step out of his comfort zone and into sacrifice and struggle. On the surface, does that sound like a good deal? Nope. We love our comfort. And yet, God gives us these disruptive invitations. And I can tell you in my life, every time God has given me a disruptive invitation... That has been good for me. It's always been good for me. It never moved me from one place in my comfort zone to a different place in my comfort zone. He always moved me from my comfort zone out. So I had to step out of my comfort zone so I could step into this journey that God is giving. I want to say to you and me, 
that God gives us, Jesus gives us this same invitation to step out of our comfort zone and out into a place where there will be sacrifice required and there will be struggle. But you know what's on the other side of that? We will find joy and fulfillment. Listen to me. If you stay in your comfort zone, you will always be but a shell of the person you could have been. It's why every coach takes the players outside of their comfort zone. There's not a coach that's ever been successful that got the players, it's practice time, got the players out and said, what are you guys comfortable doing today? Because I just want to do whatever makes you comfortable. There's no chance that could succeed because the coach knows as long as the players stay in the comfort zone, they will actually never get better and they will never be the players they could be unless someone called them out of their comfort zone and challenged them and took them to a place, what are the words, of sacrifice and struggle. But what's on the other side of that? Joy and fulfillment. So this is what Jesus offers us. It's a basin and a serving towel. It's a call to step out of our comfort zone and to serve in places we've never served before. Maybe God is saying to you, there's a nonprofit in our town that I want you, I'm calling you to go volunteer in that nonprofit. Maybe there's a hospital in town you could volunteer at. Maybe there's a, a department in our church that you, could, that you could work in. Maybe you're sitting in one of our community groups and God has given you the ability to be a leader of a community group. And he's been stirring something in you and he's saying to you, I know it's comfortable in this community group, but I'm calling you to step out of this community group and to go and be a leader. It's going to require sacrifice. There'll be some struggle in it. But in the process, you will find a joy and a fulfillment you can never find in your comfort zone. So let's see how Jonah goes. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. And on the day that Jonah entered the city, don't you like that? You know, <laughs> I had a guy say to me one time when I asked him a question, he said, my mama didn't raise no dummies. Jonah's mama didn't raise no dummies. <laughs> he tried running the opposite way one time. That did not work. So on the very day he enters the city, he shouted to the crowds. There's no PA system. So the best I can figure is he's walking up and down the streets of Nineveh. And this is his message. 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Confession of a pastor. I'm so glad that God didn't give me that message to give to you today. <laughs> I'm so blessed that I get to stand up here and say, God loves you and has such a wonderful plan for your life. And you know what? He calls you to walk with him. And when you walk with him, he does the most amazing things in your life. Jonah didn't get that luxury. Jonah got this message 40 days from now and it's curtains. Done. <laughs> 
God's had it with you. Wow. You know what? How the people respond. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and they put on burlap to show their sorrow. Okay, I didn't see that coming. That's the only message they got and they believed it. But it wasn't just the people. Look at this. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, he dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Now I need to give you a little context for that. He didn't go nuts. Okay? That was the customary way that people showed that they were filled with sorrow and mourning. Everyone from the king. But the king set such a wonderful example. So the first was the journey of Jonah to step out of our comfort zone and into a place of sacrifice and struggle where we could serve other people and find joy and fulfillment. This is what I would call the, the journey of Nineveh. Because this is a journey that God invites us to as well. And in this journey, we step down from a sin like the king stepped down from his throne. And I believe there's a truth that's in there that I don't want us to miss. When you and I decide, here's the right thing, but we're going to do the wrong thing. It's like we say to God, could you sort of step down from the throne because I need to run the ship for a while. And we get up on the throne. And God invites us on this wonderful journey to step down from the throne of our own heart. Because until we step down from the throne, we cannot step into a new and challenging behavior. You know why I know it's challenging? Because if it wasn't, we would have done it already. We were avoiding it. We knew it to be right, but we were avoiding it. To step down. Now, I, I don't want us to miss something else here that I'm going to come back to in just a couple of minutes. Even in the most misguided and seemingly evil person, there's still something in there that can hear the voice of God. This king led his people in regular genocide and the torture of people. It'd be pretty cold to do that stuff. To literally hack people in pieces but to do it slowly so it's miserable. Even in that guy, there was something that could hear God's voice. And he responded. When we do this and we step down from the throne, down from our sin that has maybe ruled our lives to this point. Friend, this could be anything. The easiest ones to spot are addictions. But, but let's talk about yelling at our children. Let's talk about being lazy. Let's talk about little forms of dishonesty. 
I mean, this list could go on and on. Now, here's the thing. God will never shame you to get you to change. He gives you a wonderful invitation. And he says to you, what does Dr. Phil say? How's that working for you? He says, how's that working for you? And when you and I finally come to the place where we realize it's not working for us, God says, do you want to step down now? Because if you do, I will step in and I will help you in the most loving way. Step into a behavior that's not natural for you, but oh, so good for you. And so good for the people around you. And when you and I take that journey on the other side of it, what do we find? Freedom and transformation. And we begin to become the person we could never be on our own. It's the very best version of us possible. Wow. Here's what Paul, a wonderful pastor from Bible times who personally encountered Jesus, here's how he wrote it to his friends. He said, don't you see how the wonderfully kind, tolerant, and and patient God is with you? Can't you see that it's his kindness that is intended to turn you from your sin? There may be many things that you think of God, but please don't ever think of him as the God who beats you out of the throne of your life so he can take over and take charge. That just isn't him. He kindly says, would you like to step down so I can step in and lead you in this wonderful change? So this is what we're left with. Any of you ever play the old game Uncle? Right? And I think they do that because it's a game that uncles like to play on kids. Right? So there you are like this. And your wrists are all bent over backwards. And finally, the pain is intense enough. You go, Uncle! I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed that it's so easy for us to to get the uncle version of God where he's going to put pressure on us and make our lives miserable, put pressure on us until we finally cave. That's not God. Look at the guy in the picture. That's not an uncle posture. That's a posture of someone who says, it's not working for me, God. I'm here. This is a willing surrender to your invitation. I'm grateful you give me one and didn't just write me off. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, 
he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had planned. Okay, the first time I read the book, I didn't see that coming either. There was no hint of that in the message that Jonah preached. And yet God did. Huh. I wonder why he did that. Well, let's go for a minute. Let's, let's just suppose you and I took a trip to Vegas and we're going to bet something. Okay? And here are our options. On this side, we have Jonah. Jonah is a Jewish guy who was raised in a family of faith. And, and he had a wonderful experience somewhere along his life. And, and he decided to become a prophet. And God called him to be a prophet. And God gave him a direct message where Jonah heard the voice of God. And, and it was a direct message of something to do. Over here, we have the people of Nineveh who have been raised in pagan households. They have been sold into violence by their king. And along comes a message, and it's a message of complete doom from a guy with an attitude problem. Which of these do you think is more likely to get in sync with God? Well, as it turns out, I would have put my money on Jonah. How about you? Yeah, of course. And yet Jonah never really got in sync with God. You'll hear about that next week. But the people of Nineveh did. This explains Jesus' behavior. And this is the third journey that God's going to call us on, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. But this is the journey of Jesus, and he gives us this invitation every day. Every day. Jesus and his disciples were at Matthew's home. Matthew is the guy who actually wrote the first document of the New Testament that's called Matthew. He was a disreputable guy who was a traitor to his own country and a thief. Okay? He was a legal thief called legalized extortion in the collection of taxes. Don't have time to explain all that to you, but that's what he chose to do with his life. Jesus invites him to follow him to step down from the throne of his life and step into this new posture of following Jesus. Matthew's life has changed, so he, he invites Jesus for dinner. And Jesus is having supper with a collection of disreputable guests. Would you like to be on that guest list? Yeah, well, you, no, not so much. But you know, the interesting thing is, Unlikely, as it seems, more than a few of them had become followers of Jesus. Wow. Isn't it amazing that Jesus walks into Matthew's home and he looks around and he recognizes, oh yeah, there's some, there's some, this room is filled with disreputable sinners. There's some prostitutes and there's some people that hang out with prostitutes and there's, I mean, Jesus knows it all. And Jesus never once looks at Matthew and says, hey, who's in charge of the guest list around here? No. He's totally comfortable with it. But look, the religion scholars and Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company and lit into his disciples. These guys are such cowards. None of them has the guts to ask Jesus, right? 
because they've tried that before. And Jesus always has this very kind, honest, open answer that's completely disarming, and, and they end up walking away looking like fools. So they decide to attack his followers. And look what they say. Why does he eat with such scum? This is the Jesus journey that God invites us to, and that is to love everyone always. Because you never know. You literally never know. Can I tell you there's a freedom in that? Because when you and I decide to follow Jesus in this, I will love everyone always, then you don't have to pick and choose. You just get to love everybody. Even Uncle What's-His-Name who ruins every family gathering. You get to actually love him. You get to love that unreasonable boss at work that makes your life miserable. You actually get to love him or her. What's more, you get to drive your car in peace because you get to love the idiots you share the road with. (laughs) There's an amazing freedom that comes in this journey of Jesus where we say from this day forward, I will simply love everybody. Always. Because you never know. I'm going to leave with this image and an illustration. Don't you love that picture? Because you never know where the God of the universe can create life in the most unlikely places. And there's a flower on a rock cliff blooming its heart out in the most unlikely places. Some of you may look at that and go, I've tried to grow one of those in my backyard and I could not get it to grow. Look again. As we close, this is just a, it's just a board that sort of illustrates our lives. And this is us, and where do we love to hang out? In the comfort zone. And God always gives us the invitation to journey. Hello. Should have let the paint dry a little more. (laughs) God always gives us this invitation to travel outside the comfort zone where it's very disruptive. And it's not nearly as convenient. And where there's sure to be struggle and sacrifice. And learning new and unnatural behaviors. But friend, on the other side of those things, out here, away from our comfort zone, is where we actually grow our faith. And everything about our church is intended to help us learn what a posture of trust looks like. Because it's there that we find real life. Does that mean we never get back in the comfort zone again? No. God has known all along what coaches are now discovering today. And that is, some of the best training you can get is interval training. Where God calls us out of our comfort zone for a while 
And then he pulls us back into the comfort zone for rest and for relaxation and for rejuvenation. And then he calls us out a little farther the next time. But then he will pull us back. Friend, this is the dance that God calls us to that enables us to be in sync with him. Let's pray. God, thank you that even when we run away, you don't give up on us, but you institute um, operation, rescue, whatever our name is. And we're so grateful that that doesn't disqualify us from doing the very thing that you have called us to do. Would you help us in this day and in this week to hear clearly when you're calling us out of our comfort zone and would you help us to take a step out so that we can take a step in? Would you help us to take a step down so we could take a step in? Would you help us to take step after step in following Jesus? I pray in his name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.